Hello and welcome to the Tech Lunch Podcast, where we encourage our listeners to learn something new about tech every week. This can range from learning about new and exciting applications to the advancements in coding and technology. If you are always learning, you will always be a step above the rest. Take the time during lunch or during a break to listen and learn, kind of like a lunch and learn, but for the years. This podcast will open the listeners' ears to new and exciting technologies they may have not been purviewed to in the past. These topics will range from manufacturing technologies to data collection technologies and everything in between. Hello, I'm Nick. Hey, I'm John. Hello, I'm Ed. And, you know, this week we're going to, you know, dive back into, we're going to go look back and look, actually, we're going to dive back into virtualization. We kind of, you know, did a snack episode on it. I think it was, what, our second episode we did, Ed? Yeah, I think and Something right. like that. You know, and so we're kind of going back and hitting our, the low-hanging fruit here. You know, and actually, you know, bringing people into the fold of a full episode. So people can get a little bit more ideas on, you know, what virtualization means. Um, containerized systems, what they mean. Uh, Dockerization, depending on if you want to go that way when you start talking about dockers. Um, You know, or virtual machines, or however you want to do. Hypervisors, if you're in the world of ESXi and stuff like that. You know, it's a lot of, you know, buzzwords and stuff like that when you're talking about, you know, um, virtualization. You're talking about different, um, you know, manufacturers and suppliers and stuff like that that you're working with. But the thing is, if you think about it, it's dockerizing, containerizing, and virtualizing data um, and servers and stuff like that is a lot easier than doing hard-mounted equipment. It's also a lot cheaper. Um, I can run... um, multiple um you know os is on one piece of metal and i don't have to worry about it anymore you know it, it takes my it takes the, you know, the my footprint of my data center and shrinks it by a lot like technically you know um you know in my little demo lab i got i'm running docker what four docker machines on an eight gig dual core um uh 2u server just to play with, fire them up and let them use them using Portainer. You know, it's great. And, you know, the Docker, you know, subsystems and the Docker universe. I bet you still got processing power left. Oh, yeah, it's still hot one. Yeah. Um, And that's also in a web server on the bare metal itself also. Yeah. So, and because it doesn't, and, you know, running Ubuntu server. You know, I still have other servers and they're running ESXi. It's pretty low, low load too when you're running Linux as well. Like, especially with these containers, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, you, you, you get me thinking about a lot of places probably don't even realize that they have virtualization already. I know they don't. Yeah, they don't realize, and, and they throw the term around. You, you said buzzword. They'll throw it around all the time like it's nothing. VM this, you know, mm-hmm. um, things like that. I, I mean, I, I realized slowly and steadily, the, too, that, you know, it's it's about, it's about accessibility um, and the ease of accessibility to, you know, what was it when we first got computers? Everybody couldn't get a computer, right? Yeah. Um, they're giant machines, right? So those computers started getting stronger and stronger. Talking about mainframes. Um, oh yeah, you, I'm talking about talking about size of your car. Roll IBM yeah. rolling that computer through, needing a truck to bring it in, instead of just somebody putting it in their backpack like it is now, a little laptop. Yeah. But so nowadays, I think about I'm building my computers. Um, I have cu- uh, p- computers that I have for gaming and you know custom built all that good stuff. Um, I feel like in a lot of cases I'm leaving computing power on the table. You are because you're you're dealing with bloatware. Yes, hundred percent. And and you know, 
not for nothing, Microsoft Windows has it's got a lot of stuff going on, okay? <laughs> Let yeah, me just tell you, you a lot of stuff that you don't need, maybe some stuff that you do, uh, but a lot of stuff you probably haven't even looked at or know that it's running services that are, you know, processes going that are not, you know, necessary. Um, and when you're trying to run a lean production environment, you're building those PCs, you don't want to leave that on the table. That's cost left on the table. So I just yeah. think that even from an availability standpoint, you can get you can get all of, if you have one supercomputer, you can get all your employees uh, a virtual, like, <clears throat> workstation there, and everybody can attach to that same thing. Now, granted, you're giving yourself a point of failure, that computer goes down, everybody's out of work, but I'm just saying, for accessibility and availability and cheap cost, you got everybody online, everybody connected. Well, you know, the thing is, is, and it's like what we, we can use on the, the shop floor on occasion, is thin clients. You know, um, I've worked for areas where we had a blade center. It, it was it was actually yeah, it was a blade. It was one full blade center, so it had multiple blades. Each blade had somewhere in the neighborhood about a terabyte of memory on board, um, and we had it attached to probably what is it about twenty four terabytes or more um, of data. I think it was like a hundred some terabytes of data something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and each one of those blades held multiple. Um, in users in the end user computer platforms yeah. which your thin clients it's like now you got some places that are you know you're you're being virtualized and borrow um, uh, MacBooks yeah. same process yeah I mean the, the big thing with the virtualization a lot of that can be done via the cloud so um, yeah. even if uh, the bare metal fails most of those uh, companies have multiple servers. They have uh, contingency plans. They have failover. Yeah, failover backups. Yeah, failover failbacks and stuff like that. So, um, that's that. If you do not have the resources, that's probably a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may be a little bit of cost up front, depending on what you choose. AWS or Azure, or you know, maybe you, you know, use something exotic. But um, if you start with things like that, and uh, Especially if you are, I'll say, a small, mm-hmm. less than less than five hundred people. Yeah, that's probably ideal to uh, set up that. If you're just doing, say, uh, I have a company that has to do a lot of CAD work, or I have a company that's uh, doing some type of similar similization, assimilate. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> They're <laughs> simulating something. Yeah, there, there, you, there go. you go. I was like, wait. Look at those words yeah. out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not, not civilization. But, I don't know if that's but we're, we're they're, uh, simulating <laughs> something, you know, and they need for this to run so many um, repetitions. cycles or repetitions so that they can get data points and see uh, if what they thought was, uh, uh, was going to happen is happening. Or it may even be to the point somebody's working on an algorithm and they need that type of computing power. Yeah. So uh, that's that's one good thing about virtualization. It doesn't have to run all the time. It could be just spin up instances. Yeah, yeah. you know, you guys need it. Yeah, it's just running processes yeah. right there in the background. You know, if you think about that's it, you can great have, example. Yeah, you, you, can have, you can have you know, um, uh, I guess you could say virtualized code. Yeah. you know, in process, which that's when you start getting into your JBoss EAPs mm-hmm. with your Java virtual machines, uh, your Wildfly instances, which is the free version of Java EAP. Um, you know, running the same darn thing. It's all it is is run a web page. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you think about it, all that runs on one little system, and all it is is it's code. That's it. It's code talking to code. 
you know, using the, 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 you know, Red Hat backend, you know, of course, but it's all still following the same processes. Yeah. You know, and you have a bunch of stuff out there. You know, that's before you even started dealing with hypervisors. Yeah. You know, it's, it's different use cases and stuff like that because if you really start thinking about it, you start dealing with Docker. You know, Docker is another fun one because Docker itself can run on any mm-hmm. um, OS out there. I think I have a do- an instance of Docker running on every single laptop I own, um, including work, um, so I can play with a few things here and there. And what's the advantage of Docker? As opposed to running a virtual machine, a pure virtual machine on your PC, what what advantages are you getting by running that implementation of Docker? Lightweight, and and I can also do what inside of Docker? Now you can do whatever you want inside Docker, and the, but the I thing was, is, it, it, yeah, it does yeah. containerize. It does container. It makes all your stuff a. I guess we can say a, a sealed environment yeah. because you don't have to allow it out. You don't have to. And the thing is, it's like, if you think about it, you can take Docker and pretty much turn it into like a, ver- a, a VMware-esque type subsystem by using a, a software package out there called Portainer. Yeah. Um, it is a management software set for um, uh, Docker. It, it holds all your Docker desktops, lets you know what, you're, what, you're, what your processing power is doing and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Same thing is, is, is VMware vCenter, right? Um, just as a lower level mm-hmm. um, or at a mid-level, I guess you could say at this point. But, you know, that's before you even get to your hypervisors like Hyper-V and, you know, ESXi, which run your um, more archaic uh, virtual machines. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, like, I think, think, um, it it might be on Windows 11 as well, Mm -hmm. uh, but on Windows 10, um, more recently, I've noticed they've got also, like, kind of a similar, like, Docker type esque application, uh, WSL. Mm-hmm. I think it's. Wizzle. I'm not sure what the S stands for. Subsystem, I think yep. it is. It's like Windows Subsystem Linux. Yeah, it's a, um, even more. It's a Linux variant that runs yeah. under Windows. So you have a whole nother machine that you can spin up. You know, in it took me two minutes. I was just like, okay, well, which one do you want? Okay, I want this repository. Boom, ready, connected, mm-hmm. good to go. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then you just activate SSH, you know, yeah. and you can connect anywhere you want in the, yeah. on that network. So it's it's more and more, it's probably on your computer already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just not using it to yeah. its capacity. Well, not the true Docker and Docker form. Okay, maybe not true Docker, but like yeah. similar similar like virtualization. A lot of your WSDL stuff runs in your Hyper-V setup yeah. because Hyper-V is Windows hyperinflated freaking, um, um, you know, virtualization standpoint. Yeah. It runs on all your Windows servers um, most of the time, and it's a, a, a pain a pain to configure. It really is. We I, I've always considered it bloatware um, because you have to use it like a headless system to be able to fork it. Yeah. Um, on occasion, but sometimes it doesn't even like that. So it's new. You have to do the GUI. Mm-hmm. So now you're having to do, you know dedicate you know five times as much power to it to get it to work. Yeah. You know, and it costs you money. You know, and that's what I don't like. You know, you do have um, Oracle's version now. I can't remember the name of it. The Hyper-V version that um, that Oracle has. The their their their, their Docker esque uh, containerized environment that they have. Mm-hmm. And then another one that one of our other friends told us about. Um, you know, running out there right now. Yeah, I want to go back to Windows Hell Eleven. <laughs> no, I, it came on a new computer. I downgraded. Yeah, it but to, that's the problem. To, to me, that's coming standard now. That's, like that. that's that's. 
That's why I think as as uh, someone like Tech, you should gravitate to VM, virtualization, whatever, Linux, whatever you want to run. Whatever operating system, you want to run a Unix base, purely purely Unix base, you want to run Apple, you want to run um, Linux itself or whichever distro of Linux you want to run. Thousands of distros. You yeah. I'm run. not saying, you know, I, I mean, at this point. I, yeah, yeah. I would, you know, maybe, you know, stay away from, you know, Ubuntu, you know, because it's not Linux like it used to be. So I, it depends on well, what you're trying that, to do. I, I see now, I'll, I'll, well, I'll comment on that. let's say it that. this way. Don't get the version that the people that use GUIs use. Well, the yeah. thing is, I think <laughs> it's, the thing is, it's I I think like Arc Linux, um, Ubuntu, and stuff like that is a good like yeah. you know entry level. Yeah, and you can yeah. you know slowly but surely learn your way out of a GUI um, if you're capable of using command line. However, that's when you pretty much go to Arc and you say, "Cool, I'm leaving it as is." You know, it does have a GUI to it, but the GUI doesn't use is not useful for a darn thing. Yeah. Um. You know, and I know there's people out there who are diehard Arc fans. Okay. Um. Believe me, uh, I'm aware of that. I like, you know, I use Ubuntu Server because it's easy. You know, it's got everything I need to it. There's no bloatware to it. You yeah. just said the key. You said Ubuntu Server. Yeah. We're talking about people that hey desktop. Ba- basically, mm-hmm. I yeah. I can remember Linux back before Red Hat was a thing. It was SUSE. Yeah, Susie, we still have it. You put in a dang on disk, and the disk spun up, and that the operating <laughs> that was system ISO. was running that yeah. way. You ran off of ISO. Yeah, it's a live disk. Yeah, a, a live disk. So live that's what up. I'm saying. Like that was basically just click, click, click. It was yeah. not. It was not like what you're talking about. Yeah. In a server environment, you're not gonna just right click something and say, "Hey, do this." Yeah. You have to. Do structured commands and know what you're doing. And they do have a you know Ubuntu server version that does have a GUI attached to it for you know some more uh, non-real Linux friendly you know companies out there. Um, however, you know that's you can virtualize all of that to make it even easier for people who are more Linux friendly that you can have them log into your environment and take care of it for you. Yeah. So that's where you know like ESXi comes in because ESXi ironically is a um, Hyper-V, hypervisor or Hyper-V that is from uh, VMware. And it loads on bare metal. It's a version of Linux. It's got a GUI to it to help you configure your ports and stuff that you need to set up. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you try to configure that system and it's subsystem, it sucks. Uh, don't do that. It, it's not very useful. Um, their command line is not fun. Um, you want the GUI. Thank God. Um, and it's free. You set up on your server. You let it rip, tater chip. Go to go to the uh, the GUI that, that they gave you, the IP address. Spits you out freaking uh, vCenter. Downloads your VMs to it, and you're spun up within an afternoon. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not very hard. And it's, it's, it's not, it, that's the craziest part about it. It isn't, it's not difficult, too, because I came from, I know, I know we work in IT, but it's like, I, from outside looking in, I was just service desk at the beginning, so I wasn't doing some of these things. And you, you, you like, kind of put it on a pedestal, and you're like, mm, that's too difficult because it looks difficult, and it's not, it's really not. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's being used every day. Like, um, so a, a nice example that I had of, of virtualizing um, something as, as simple as like a gameplay session with some friends from college, mm-hmm. right? They want to play this game. Game servers. Which, which, yeah, exactly. And you can do Plex servers, media servers. Mm-hmm. But, but I, this one in particular, they were, everybody wanted to play 
at the same time, and it's funny enough, it's a production game. Mm-hmm. So we're building buildings that build buildings. <laughs> so it was mm-hmm. like, I can't get away from production. <laughs> yeah. So it was. So we're, we're all playing at the same time, and they were like, well, we should set a game night up so that we can make sure we're always here. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But why don't you think about this? What if the server was always running? You connect at any point, you set your settings, you can turn it off when nobody's connected, and when someone request to, to connect you spin it back up so that was something that you know they also work in kind of it related fields one's programming and another one is uh more um visual like editing and, and asset implementation on, mm-hmm. on a certain video game but it, so they they were like hey i think that this is possible but do you know where we could start and i was like yeah, yeah, yeah it's already done i sp- i spun up on my same machine uh, a, a full server with you know batch files that create those extra files and then created them accounts and then spun the server up and it runs and it pull it, it'll start when they connect it'll disconnect when everybody disconnects and it saves all the data so I don't have to be home every single time that they're home mm-hmm. to play the game and turn and and whatever so I'm like hey if you guys are looking to play it's gonna be running here if ever it's down or it won't connect you just give me a phone call my computer probably turned off like that's that's it and uh, now i have a ups so that thing will not turn off so that's that's how simple that is in you know your everyday life we're very techie we're very industrialized at this point and we're Mm -hmm. trying to make think think of things on a big scale but even small scale your your home server game server you could save a whole bunch of movies to that and your whole family will watch the movies i mean you that that they like i said what the reality is is what you're what, what you're talking about still with somebody that was tech savvy. Yeah, that's true. Because my my mother couldn't do that. That's that's fair. My dad refused to learn it. So I'm saying like for some people, the reason virtualization is I think ideal is because of what you just said. I can just set everything. I can, you know, set it and yeah. let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because all they would have to do is, hey, all of the technical stuff is set up in the server, you just log in. Yeah. Just remember your password. Please. Remember your password. <laughs> and then everything that you wanted to do is already virtualized. Yeah. Yeah. And if something happens, it's no problem. We'll stop that one and start another one. Mm-hmm. And that's, it does that's, the too. that's that's the yeah. beauty yeah. of it. And honestly, you know, for that community, all we gotta do is make sure solitaire's on there. That's true. But and Minesweeper. It's it's there. Yeah. That yeah. that's what I that's what I mean. Like now that now that you can take that virtualization and set up, you know, what if these uh Retirement homes were able to play tournaments against each other with pinochle. Virtually, game in a while. you know, because yeah. then it's just log in, like you said, and they at least they're getting to Interact. go do more than just Somebody. playing the cards. They're getting to communicate with other people, and you know, right. and, and and it's like the virtual chess environment. Yeah, and, and it's not just I just go to this place and and I'm there by myself, isolated. Yeah, so you, you're getting into the, and it's like you know that that's where like thin clients can come in handy. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know you have a big server running someplace else. It's not on your property. Somebody else is handling it for you. Yeah, and you know they get the access to use it. I, I could tell you I've been in a lot of, um, you, you know re- re- retirement homes. Yeah. You know stuff like that with family and stuff like that, and none of them have like a computer lab. Yeah, you know they want them all to bring their own laptops or something like that if they can. You know, it's like you know, have you know, computer classes. Show these guys how they can communicate with their their their, their relatives and stuff like that. So sitting sitting in a room all day long, you know, staring at white walls and you know, waiting for the end to happen. 
Yeah. You know, it's it's that that's the the one thing where virtualization can really you know come into the fray, you know, and help these people out because you can because it's not very hard, and it and it drives me nuts that it's not very hard to set up a thin client server for every single room in a retirement home and have a thin client in there for somebody to be able to access their damn email, yeah, yeah it's not hard. or or to send an email to their loved ones or have a video chat, yeah. You know, sorry, Especially you, you, you got to, you know, the thing is they nickel and dime you for everything anyways. Yeah. So you're already paying for it. You yeah. might as well fucking use it. I bet you if you paid, if you paid to set that up for people, they would be, they would spend more like more time talking to their family, less time sitting, watching TV. And waiting for yeah. impending, the inevitable. Impending doom. Yeah, right. <laughs> but no, yeah. But it, it gives, it gives them a. Something it gives them a, a meaning. It gives them a purpose. Yeah, and they're not confined. That like it's the beauty of connecting to the internet is that I am no longer confined to the room that I am in. Right. I can connect to the world, and and that connection's getting ever more like um, present, even in those countries that don't have like I, in in the Philippines. I, I visited when I was seventeen, and I visited when I was like twelve. Both times. There's no computers in no anyone's homes. No. Absolutely none. There's TVs <clears> and <throat> things like that, and they're starting with, like, shows, and they get a little bit of cable here, but there's no routers. Like, no. And a lot of those countries still have computer, like, um, like coffee shops, computer shops. Yeah, yeah, so, so that's it. It was the cafe. We yeah, have to go to the cafe, cafe and have to pay for my time. Uh, it's mostly It was mostly dominated by the youth. Like, it was just a bunch of kids. Playing video games, and instead of using it the way that the internet can, I mean, that's, that's definitely one way you can use it, but the internet has so much more uh, usability for, for not just, you know, the teenagers or whatever in, in the city or, or the town, but, like, you, you start, like, they can have, you can still have your cafe. Yeah. Put a, put a server rack in the back room, get a computer in every, or, or get something that can remote into that in everybody's house, rent out your, your computers, Yep. Like and then you can get it in the home and then they see the value in that and you can also be their distributor for the computer. Hey, you like it? Why don't you buy it? Subscription for about a month. I think every the, month for a year. The biggest part with like those countries like that is the same thing that we have here in the rural areas. It's that last, that last mile. It's yeah. just in those rural areas mm-hmm. that are, that infrastructure hasn't been built. That's true. And unfortunately, that infrastructure costs a lot to put in. Like say, yeah. even a T one line. That's expensive. Yeah, very. You know, it's it's or a fiber. You, you mm-hmm. get out of here. Yeah, you know, run get, run fiber. Not, yeah, it's like twenty four thousand, thirty thousand dollars for a couple feet. So that that's what I mean. But like, unfortunately, is that way. But like you said, that there are opportunities that maybe you could reach out, like you said, at these cafes and the cafes reach out to the educational units, mm-hmm. and then the educational units could, you know, work with the governments to. Yeah, at least get it, you know, that way so that mm-hmm. the kids can also go to the cafe and do some of their uh, work remotely because I think since uh, we had the pandemic, you know, that's just reality. Yeah, it's I mean, kind of become part of the new normal. Yeah, it? I mean, it's, it's you, you're going to have to have that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, the thing is, it's like most of it's all dominated by freaking... Um, uh, all your Windows servers and stuff like that, but it's also like your Active Directory and domain controllers and stuff like that that are dealing with it. If and you have all a large of, network of employees, you need that. And all, yeah. but all of that is, is virtualized. Yeah, it's yeah. even easier. You know, to be honest with you, everything's you know as long as it's connected to a switch. 
Yeah. You're good to go. You know, don't try to virtualize switches. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> Unless you're using, you know, VMware, you can do some virtual nicking and stuff yeah, like that, QA virtual switching and stuff like that. Then you start getting to that little, you know, that interesting realm of, you know, how do I network virtual machines together and allow one to communicate but not the other and stuff like that. You start really getting into the nitty gritty of virtual what virtual virtualizing is and what it right. isn't. Um, hell, it's like right now um, there's a company out there called FreeNAS. Um, FreeNAS is another another big name company that's that becoming big becoming mainstream at this point. A couple of years ago they weren't, but you can what it is it's a it's a NAS software that runs in a virtual machine mm -hmm. that connects to your virtual storage and turns it into a NAS without you having to buy a NAS mm -hmm. as long as you got storage. You have an ass, mm -hmm. you know. Um, you which did. you know, to follow up on that, you know, the crazy thing is, is most people don't even need that. Right. I mean, you know, they basically they took the ideal of, hey, I got this old PC. Yep. That got a hard drive, and basically, you know, that's all I needed. I didn't. They right. they took all the peripheral stuff off. Right. It's so like, they it's... basically, you know, that ideal was was great that they eventually moved it from hardware over into a software thing. Yep. And the thing is is it can be loaded anywhere. It's a virtual mm -hmm. it's a virtual machine. Yeah. It's hard installed software. It's a Linux based system. Uh will let you do NFS and TFS shares. It'll mm -hmm. let you do all of it. Mm -hmm. Right? iSCSI if you're really dealing in your in um uh virtual world. Um which iSCSI is a whole different bag animals that it's it's a it's a fun road to hoe, you know. You're trying to it, it's your it's how, it's how you do your um uh, your virtual nicking and stuff like that is through iSCSI, and you know your your storage is done through iSCSI because you know you got your different you know, store each lane each VM has its own iSCSI identifier which maps it to a certain portion of the uh, of the of the drive, mm -hmm. so you know it really just depends on. Right. You know, how deep you want to go with that particular rabbit hole. I got, um, I also, this kind of pushes me into even further, which is like, we haven't, as, you know, humanity, we haven't really embraced this part yet, but, um, there's, there's certain points too, like, metaverse, it's, it's, it's trying to virtualize your life. Yeah. So, like, it wants, it wants, like, oh, like, you think about that combined with the, with the VR goggles and things like that. You're virtualizing your your area around you, the room around you, your your vision. You're virtualizing that, like Hololenses. You're showing other mm -hmm. people. You you like I don't need a screen anymore. Like it gets even deeper, you know. <laughs> like and the possibilities are you know really endless. It's limited your creativity in in that sense. But like to to be honest with you, I think it's probably gonna have some hesitancy for quite a bit longer mm -hmm. um, because it, it, it the internet isn't you know there's no real like police force or anyone like you know regulating a lot of things so in a lot of places there's just whatever whatever someone thought up is out there and that shouldn't yeah. be the thing there should be some type of like <laughs> betting well I, um, I will say this the, the, the day they regulate the internet so the day that they, that they allow some government agency to control yeah content on the internet oh, change. well what i mean by that is then you're gonna lose what the internet is right so like to me don't don't check to me when we say hey um we keep getting weeds over here in the garden so let's dig up the garden in, in my opinion you know and it's just my opinion because i'm I, from mm -hmm. a different 
perspective. I'm from megabytes where y'all got terabytes. Yeah. Petabytes. Yeah. I can remember when we only had like two to four megabytes. Yeah. When people had to actually program. On a disc mm-hmm. the size of a piece of bread. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But 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 besides that, I guess what the point of, I want to get it without getting into a whole uh thing on spill on uh when you when you say I got a problem and your thing to solve the problem is to throw everything away, yeah, then you're going to create a bigger problem. That's true. Mm-hmm. Now, I do agree that there should be some adults in the room. <laughs> some type of filter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how you... How you maybe, maybe it's AI. And it's not an maybe easy question a, Maybe AI too. is the adult. Yeah. I, I think I, 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 would be, I would be more uh, trustful of AI than I would of, you know, a, a, a committee saying, this is what we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the people who work at Facebook. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like you talk about the metaverse. Yeah. I, I still can't stop laughing when, you know, this is, it, it's kind of funny because, you know, you, when you start talking about virtualization, you start virtu- talking about virtualization, virtualizing professions. You know, because everybody's got to be virtual. That's why you have remote positions. Oh, they, right? they push, they're, they're pushing it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I saw something the other day, and people saying that you can make money being a a realtor inside the metaverse. You, you tell me how that works. You, you're selling land? What? Uh, <laughs> it, w- it would work. You're, you're selling virtual land inside of a virtual environment, inside of a virtual world. What's, virtual people. What's Bitcoin? You've now officially hit the entire <laughs> virtual environment. <laughs> what's, what's Bitcoin? Yeah. You're so, selling virtual money in a virtual environment in a virtual world. Yep. But it's I've, there. I mean, it's, but it's a little bit more sustenance behind it. Yeah. But it, the concept is there. Right. It's just it's just one of those things of where you start taking virtual virtualizing and you you start putting a lot of weird circles and ties to yeah, it. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. So, you know, eventually we had to stop doing that. <laughs> so I agree with you. It, 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 can, it can be real ugly. It, it, it no, can cause it really some problems. Can. And, and then it does, it does get people out of touch with reality. But, like, I think that... How do you take a loan on that? I th- yeah, yeah, right. So, so my first loan I used to pay for my virtual house. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, just think about these... Dogecoin, Bitcoin, all these coins, you know, eventually those coins going to show up somewhere. Well, you know, and I think, and, and, and a large portion of those crypto coins are, um, you know, they're built on other systems, like uh, they're, they're doing other processes and they're used as currency, but um, but no, I definitely agree with you. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like, well, well and, and Bitcoin is nearing the end because... Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only but so many. It's cashed out already. Yeah, yeah. So. I, yeah, I just, I just mean, I guess a but, better thing would say was, you know, the crypto eventually. Mm-hmm. That. Oh, you're gonna spin up a crypto for whatever. Well, eventually the you banks. You do it on your own company if you want to. Yeah, exactly. I, I would say eventually the banks was gonna say, "Good idea. Mm-hmm. How do we control it? Yeah. So if they can figure out how to control it, then crypto is the." IRS is already doing it. They're already trying. They're already. Trying I mean, own it. it. I mean, the yeah. IRS is not the ones that we work that. The it's IRS, like, just, they, they get money from other people. Yeah. The banks generate money. Yeah. It's right. a difference. And who knows, you know, we may create one for the company just for the, just for, you know, <laughs> the fun of it. You know, you've seen it all out there, so, you know, might as well try doing something, you know. But, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, maybe, you know, we, we, we've taken the virtualization thing a little too far. Yeah. Um, And now we got to wheel it back a little bit. Um, Because, you know, that old saying of you're living with your head in the clouds. Let's literally not get to that point, um, because I, I I think we've hit that, 
And, you know, now we're propelling through it. You know, I can understand if you're using it for research. Be my guest. If you're doing it to live a, 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 you know, a daily freaking secondary lifestyle, y'all, don't do not do that. Um, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Not healthy for you. Uh, you right, exactly. You know, you, you start talking about things that in a different world, literally. <laughs> you know, it's between two pieces of RAM, you know, at that point. Unplug the TV or the computer, and you got nothing. <laughs> right, you took my world away. You know, and you start dealing with that. I mean, but the PC is is probably going to become obsolete anyway. Yeah, it's the gateway. I mean, everybody. I don't say everybody. There is probably a very small part of the population that doesn't have a mobile phone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and those are powerful too. You think about it. You can still yeah. use you can use an iPhone or a, or an Android phone or whatever Windows phone mm-hmm. if you really wanted to to access a virtual yeah. machine. You know, we've seen people do it at work. It's plausible. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's crazy because we 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 use our phones um, to access our and I you know I tried to fight from saying anything about three D printing for a while. <laughs> I've been fighting, uh, but like we use our phones to connect via an API to a web interface. That's running at our house to show us what our print's doing. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, that's true. We're virtualizing that that connects so that we don't have to run home. Yeah, and 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 check it. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, for me, it itches when I when it, I'm printing something that I don't know where I'm at or what's going on. I need to know. Mm-hmm. So like, I needed that. And you know, the thing is, it's all about ease of use. And the thing is, is when yeah. virtualization came out, and I know we're over time again. Um, you know, when it, when virtualization came out, it was meant for that. It was meant to you know. Um, you know, more resources on, you know, lower platforms. It was meant to make life easy. It was meant yeah. to, you know, propel, you know, this type of stuff. Um, so, you know, as long as we keep it you know, between the rails, you know, I think we should be okay. But, you know, the thing is, it's like, and that's, you know, the other reason why I, I think that, you know, virtualization is definitely a, um, you know, piece of tech that needs to be learned. You know, and... It's a step in the right direction. Well, the thing is, it's it's the future, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, right now we're dealing with, you know, this is the future. We're we're in it, you know, we're living it, you know, we're we're there. Where you know, dot, where yeah, yeah, exactly. Virtual classrooms. Somebody needs to maintain this stuff when people are you know virtual, long gone. Virtual conferences. Yeah. I mean, right. Go, it goes on and on, like you said. Virtual trade shows. Yeah. You know, and it's like and that type of stuff. You know, people mm-hmm. need support. You're going to see that the realm of that increase via cloud based, via AWS, Azure. Uh, amongst other, you know, platforms. Heroku mm-hmm. is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those type of things. So, you know, that's stuff that, you know, we have coming down the pipe. But, you know, I, I'm gonna, I'll end the, the spiel there, I guess. But, um, you know, I just want to say thank you to everybody. You know, and, you know, just, you know, get a hold of some virtualization stuff and just keep learning it. You know, have some fun with it. You know, definitely look out there and see, hey, what, what, what can you virtualize? You know, what, what, what can you play with this? And, you know, transfer from hard data to big data. So, I'll turn over the guys, and uh, y'all have a good night. So, I just wanted to, I wanted to say, too, like, I know Nick just kind of said, try, try to get into some type of virtualization or learn something. Um, that's, that's also a challenge he issued me very early um, um, in my kind of, my, like, switch over to, you know, stepping into more of an IT focus um, in the career so it's it's one of the things that's like yeah it can be daunting or feel daunting because it look it honestly at some points is a foreign language because it is machine language right 
So when you're looking at it, it's gonna a lot of it's not gonna make sense. But the thing is, is like, if you if you stick to it, you will realize the possibilities are endless. Um, currently in the works of you know working out uh, several different instances on an old gaming PC, uh, breathing life back into this PC that hasn't been turned on in six years. And it's going to be running four instances of my, my, my printer so that I can see my printers, uh, webcams, and firmwares and all of that. So I can see what's going on when I'm not there. Mm-hmm. So it's it's something that, you know, it'll, it'll breathe new life into old electronics. It'll save you money. It'll save you time. So, like, I know it's difficult, but it's definitely worth it, um, as with all things. So it's okay to stumble a little bit, but um, keep at it. And, um, you know, we're here if you need any que- or if you have any questions, you know, if you need any help. So, uh, like, like the, both of the guys were talking about, you know, I would definitely, uh, you know, try my hand at virtualization. Uh, you can use uh, VirtualBox or VMware Viewer uh, to start with. Uh, just, you know, maybe download a few instances of uh, a Linux distro or maybe you will be a little nost- you know, nostalgic and you want to maybe run XP or something just for <laughs> Just alert. Yeah. No, whatever, you know, you just and that, that gives you a way to do that. You don't have to load it onto your system. You don't have to worry if it if it messes up. You can actually save um, an instance or the state that it's in if you want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, re restart it or you know, you, you, you can do a lot of different things. So I think the the big thing is is uh you should at least try it. I mean you should at least um, try it and if you guys are interested in um, us doing a short demonstration on that? We'll be uh, willing to do that. Leave a comment and let us know if you guys are interested in something like that. All right, y'all. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Tech at Lunch podcast, where we hope you learned something about tech during your break or during your lunchtime. If you did, please give us a follow to prevent missing future episodes. If you have any ideas or something you want to hear or learn about, please send us a show idea to podcast at vulcanora.com. Hope you have a good rest of the day and continue learning.